Generations seem to be a big deal. Not sure you want to be defined by the year of your birth? Aren't we all unique? Then how do we explain Tinder and self-branding to a boomer? And how do you explain the importance of keeping a home and budgeting to a millennial? I'm Katie McEwen, a baby boomer and the author of Oldie's Guide to the Millennial World. My friend Anna Blackie is a millennial and the author of How to Adult. And in this podcast, we talk about the things that make our generations different and what we can learn from each other to make living in this crazy world a little bit easier. We thought it would be interesting to talk about some of the things that have um, we've discovered from putting together these books. And one of the things that I thought was sort of interesting was some of the stereotypes that I thought about millennials before I started writing this book and how they've been proved not to be true. <laughs> what was one of those stereotypes? Oh, well, I suppose the first thing you hear about the millennial generation is it's the me, me, me generation, it's all about you. But actually, there's a whole lot of things that disprove that. You're much more concerned about the environment and the world, the health of the world in general. Um, you want more social purpose in your work as a generalisation. So there's just a whole lot of things that I think um, don't actually show that you're as selfish as we think think you are. (laughs) That's nice. I like that. (laughs) Personally, me, from my perspective, I think that's very good for millennials. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're portrayed as being lazy at work and not really um, putting in the effort. And that's not true either. You're very flexible about your working environment, especially you. I hope you you knew that before, (laughs) considering we've worked together for almost two years. But no, I mean, as a generation, you're much better educated. You're more flexible about what you can do at work. You're... um, how that you know it's a difficult working environment for you to be operating in where there's more casualization and those things and I think you'll deal with that and you've been proved to uh, deal with the fact that there's less wages and you've got less money in your pocket and uh, be be good workers so that's kind of, that was kind of interesting to me. I like um, that. That's nice. Makes me feel yeah, good about our generation. <laughs> the other thing was that you know in a from your sexuality from a sexuality point of view. Um, our generation, I think, thinks you're much more open about all those things, which which you obviously are. But um, the interesting point that I think I said before was that you, you know, as a generation, have less sexual partners than the yeah. baby boomers do. So that's sort of an interesting way. I think that that whole um, setting yourself up and being much more true to yourself is much better for your generation than it was for ours. Yeah, I definitely think that that kind of goes with your first point as well. Like millennials, it does seem kind of have this focus on like self-love self-development in this like fulfilling your self-purpose kind of thing like I do think we're quite and like in that essence maybe that is why we have that kind of stereotype of being like the me 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 generation because we do kind of have that focus on like understanding who we are which can be often confused for being self-absorbed but I do think that it allows people to live more wholesome holistic lives when you actually know what it is that you want and it kind of maybe hopefully makes for a society where people are a little bit happier and more in tune Hmm. with the things around them but yes and I think the technology always helps that as well because you can find out a whole lot of things you're exposed to a whole lot more things um that might suit you better than yeah than uh, we were and I think that definitely plays into the sexuality thing as well because I think there's like online forums and chat groups and places where you can discover people who feel the same way about a variety of different things and I think that that has really like allowed people to kind of find their people and express what it is especially with things like like trans which is something that is really like people are feeling a lot more able to express themselves and really live like authentically and feeling a lot more comfortable in their communities and I don't think people would be able to come out 
as much as they have without no. those online communities. And how lucky are they to be living in this yeah. world rather than 30 years ago where that was really frowned upon. Yeah. yeah, and it's just such a wholesome, lovely thing and it's really beautiful to see those communities kind of like rally around their peers. Like obviously mm. you still have like haters that are going to be disgusting and horrible because there always is someone that has to ruin everything. But it is, yeah. Really but it's lovely. much better accepted now than yeah, it ever was. Definitely. It? Yeah, definitely. And, and again, like if you feeling like you're being torn down by someone or targeted by someone then you have even if it might be a community that isn't physically near you but you do have an online community that you can turn to for support and that's yeah it's nice Mm. to know that there's that safety net there I think and the other thing you know that we think your generation is all about instant gratification and we're back to the avocado toast again (laughs) Um, but of course all of that is driven by the fact that the world has changed and the Mm. housing is more unaffordable and the whole economy is working against you in a number of ways and yeah. so you don't see but then you don't you redefine your purposes and your purpose doesn't isn't necessarily to own your own house because yeah. it's not necessarily an aim that you can achieve or that you necessarily want to achieve then yeah mm. i do think that um like we spoke about in the last episode i do think that there is an element of that desire for instant gratification mm-hmm. i do think that i like a little bit of like tradition for lack of a better word has been lost and maybe not always for the worse but there definitely is that like I don't even think that that's a generational thing. Like, I think we all have more of a focus on things that we can get now and ways that we can make our lives easier by having things instantly. Mm. And I think the difference is that we haven't learnt a lot of the building blocks that you might have had to... Like, now you can order things and have them instantly rather than having to make them yourself. But, like, people from your generation who didn't have that ability before still know how to do those things because they were taught it in the beginning and so I guess that's kind of like the blessing and the curse of like digital natives versus digital migrants or what what do you call it if you're not (laughs) yes one of those yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Um, and then of course the other things that I was thinking about is the differences between the two generations were things like language and the abbreviations that we have come to try to understand on using text messaging and <laughs> the difference between laugh out loud and lots of love, <laughs> which That's seems to be the classic, <laughs> the classic one where my generation gets that wrong. And one of our colleagues was just laughing and telling us a story about her mum who sent her a message when she was telling her about some family friend who had died in the funeral arrangements and put LOL on the end, <laughs> thinking it was lots of love. So, you know, but um, there's a whole lot of those shorthand, and I've included some of them in my book just so that we can be up to date with those. Um, what those was things. your favourite one? I wouldn't say it. <laughs> there's a lot of asterisks in my book, which are not in Anna's, yeah. I think. <laughs> I chose to leave the asterisks um, out. But also, like, memes and emojis and all those things, which are just kind of interesting. Um, and other language words, like, Man's mansplaining, splaining, manspreading, and manspreading. There's a lot of man ones. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, those sort of things. Understanding what those mean to your generation has been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, we've already established what ghosting means as well. So yes, ghosting. Yes. yes. <laughs> There's. Uh, the, it's to the point now where there are words that sometimes people use. And I'm like, I think I might be getting older because I don't know what that but means. Anna, you look them up on Urban Dictionary. Oh, I have been. Thank you. Oh, Thank good. you. <laughs> The other, a couple of weeks ago, someone was talking to me about spilling the tea. And I was like, I just can't think of anything worse. Like, I don't want to spill tea. And they're like, no, it's like a, it means like you're spilling the goss, like oh. giving the down low, like getting oh. all the information. Yeah. I'll use so, that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we spill the tea all the time. <laughs> We're spilling the tea right now. If you oh, really think okay. about it. Yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe not. I don't know if I'm using that right. I think I might be one of those uncool millennials. <laughs> okay. And lit. Oh, yeah, lit. That's my other favourite. Lit AF. That's a really good oh, one. Well, yeah. I wouldn't say that. But I... <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have the abbreviation, so you don't have to say right. what the... Okay. <laughs> I can't even bring myself to say the abbreviation. Oh, okay. <laughs> You I still little... don't understand memes, though. So <laughs> I cannot see the point of that at all. Really? All, all memes? Like, you, all... there aren't some memes that you like? Some no, of them are really funny. cat ones. I don't, <laughs> don't get them. There are a lot of cat ones. I don't know if I've ever told you this about myself, but um, I'm a part of a group on Facebook that's a Simpsons meme sharing group. Oh. And it's just where people, like, make their own Simpsons memes and share them. <laughs> I mean, and it literally is probably 80% of my Facebook usage is just looking at Simpsons memes. And my friends and I even have a little group chat called the Pin Pals, and we all share our favourite memes from the Simpsons oh, memes. Oh, dear. <laughs> Did you know there were 17,000 categories of memes? Wow, I didn't. That is ridiculous. And I guess every time there's like an internet sensation, that category yep. list grows. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, do uh, you never find any of the trending memes funny? I don't think I see them actually. Yeah, probably not. I just, yeah, I think I'm not just in that whole communication circle. So. Once when my which bro- is a good thing. I mean, no, well, you're missing out. I mean, you're <laughs> <laughs> Once when my brother um, first started using Facebook, my dad forced him to add both my parents on Facebook, and he <laughs> called me and he's like, "Your brother just followed a page on Facebook, and I don't understand what it is." And I'm like, "Yeah, tell me." He goes, "It's called Dank Memes." <laughs> <laughs> Dank memes. <laughs> yeah. He still calls them memes. It's, it's unfortunate for all of us. Mm. Well, dank is another word that we wouldn't necessarily understand. Is that one so. in your book? I no. Feel, okay, Dad's Dad's baby boomer, and he listens to a lot of cream, so I feel like he might know what dank means, and he was just pretending that he didn't know. Uh, well, maybe uh, he's trying to be like ignorant, mm. like blissfully ignorant. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess you learnt a lot of stuff about millennials, and I learnt a lot about adulting. Yes. (laughs) Something all millennials are going to need to learn sooner or later. I do think some of the things you learnt are not necessarily things that all adults do or aspire (laughs) to, but I think they're all useful bits of information. Well, I guess that was kind of the biggest takeaway, that um, adults actually don't know what they're doing most of the time. So that was, yeah. That was nice for me. We're all just bumbling through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, everyone's struggling, even the people that look like they know what's going on, even the ones that own a house. So Exactly. Yep, mm-hmm. made me feel a lot better about myself. There were all the practical things like learning how to change a tyre and, and fuse boxes and all that kind of stuff that, I mean, I thought fuse boxes were really, really complicated. And now I realise, actually, this it's just like a couple of switches in there. Yes. It's like, it's really it's really not that hard. And but, the ones that blow are the ones that pop out. Yeah. So you just switch them back again. It's, it's not so that hard. easy. Yeah. And yeah, and now I know, like, if it's if it's sparking, like, maybe don't touch it. Call like, an electrician. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, good. that's always a good thing to know. Um, yeah, but I think um, kind of one of the biggest things that I learned that I really enjoyed learning about was how to do all the basic skills that... You kind of really should know if you've got things that you own, like how to fix those things and how yep. to make new delicious things. Um, but then in a bigger sense, there's all that stuff that I kind of wish I didn't fill my brain with, like how tax works and whether or not I need an accountant. That mm. That's kind of the stuff that really scared me the most going into writing the book. And the legal and yeah, accounting, the, financial yeah. stuff. Yeah, And all that stuff still seems like even when 
you understand it until you really like you can understand it on a basic level Mm -hmm. i know what a de facto relationship is now but and like i know how a prenup works but if i went to go and get a prenup like that process is terrifying and like all the legal things you have to do it's really expensive and then you have this document you have to sign it then you have to like keep it somewhere safe and like do all this stuff and it's just like it's just never ending like adulthood just goes on until you die (laughs) that is true yeah and then you revert back at the end (laughs) millennial followed by childhood again at the end apparently i'm looking forward to that (laughs) although i think yeah probably my favorite thing that i learned about being adult is that I actually quite like being an adult. Oh. Yeah, even though there's a whole lot of things that you've got to do. Deal with. Yeah, like life admin takes a really long time. It's actually very nice having independence and being able to make your own terrible mistakes and then having to accept that you've made those mistakes and make them again a couple of times until you learn. So what is your impression of what is going to come after you, after your millennials? So after the millennials, which I think go to 1996. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Then there's a Gen Z. Yeah, and then we've got the alphas after that, I think. Right. So so Gen Zs go up to 2010. um, And... When the Gen Alpha come from 2010, and there's two and a half million of them born every week. By 2034, when they get to their 20s, for the first time in history, there'll be more Australians aged over 60 than under 20. Wow. So that's when your generation... We're the dominant generation then. Yeah, we'll crush those Alphas. Well, look, (laughs) imagine how that's going to be politically when all those old people are living longer and... And I mean, medical attention, that's going to be terrible. And I wonder if our generation will learn from the things that we're seeing now and kind of hopefully be a little bit more open-minded and a little bit more focused on the future of the generations that come after us. Because, I mean, as we discussed in our last episode about the environment, like one of the biggest frustrations that millennials seem to have now is that the generation above us is not listening to what we're saying or not understanding that we too have a very important input to give about the state of the planet that we're going to inherit mm-hmm. at some point. And I think mm. hopefully we learn not to do the same thing because it seems that human history just is a repetition of all the mistakes that we've made in the generations before. So yeah, it'd be nice to break that cycle. <laughs> so this might have to go back a bit, but this is maybe quite interesting. So Gen Zers are all the ones that have been born post the internet. So they're called digital integrators, And they're the first generation to grow up with technology as an integrated part of their lives. Um, And so that's why they're sometimes called the iGen Mm. or .com. Um, And they, you know, are used to having iPhones and screens at their disposal and things. But the things that come from that that seem to be a bigger issue for that generation are that cyberbullying and um, the huge rise in the incidence of anxiety. This generation has the highest incidence of depression, anxiety and sleep disturbance Mm. of any generation. So that's pretty sad. So I wonder what the complete influence of that technology on that generation is. Yeah. Mm. It's strange to think that, like, while we've spoken a lot about the benefits of technology, there are some really horrible pitfalls to it as well. Mm. And I think it's even stranger to think that those people from Gen Z are having such massive negatives from technology when Mm. they're not of working age because often a lot of the negatives that I associate with technology are because we're like 
so connected to our work emails and like you know we can't switch off from our personal and our work lives but to be feeling that when you don't even have a difference between a personal or work life at that age like it, these kids are just online for socializing or for discovering the internet like it's yeah crazy to think that like what's it going to be like for them when they do get into a professional world I mean not everyone works in a job where they're looking at a screen the whole time but definitely a pretty massive portion of us do yeah so it's interesting to see um the anxiety in that generation and whether that's just about technology because the parents you know these are kids that have grown up in the shadow of 9-11 and the war and the global financial crisis so Mm. these stresses on parents that have been large um and they've had to um the parents have had to adapt to financial stress and the growing income gap between rich and poor and a shrinking middle class and education Mm. um is seen as vital for that generation but whether parents are more um cautious about those kids and giving them freedoms and whether that's contributes to that anxiety is interesting yeah definitely i feel like that makes a huge difference and i think even with climate anxiety and stuff as well like we live in a world that is changing and that is changing really really quickly and it's hard to know all the things that you should be worried about and that in itself is really anxiety producing like you can't protect your kids from the things that you can't anticipate Mm. and so it yeah even if you're not teaching your kids to be scared of everything if you're scared of all the things that are going to happen to them then they're going to learn that fear as well and i think i mean a lot of millennials definitely are choosing not to have children and i think that like again environmental concerns are a really big part of that um and like we've all heard the government say that we shouldn't be anxious about the changing climate and that stuff isn't worth worrying about but it is like and there's no way to avoid that and there's no like people who have very young kids right now can't imagine how scary it must be to know that you're bringing those kids into a world that you just can't even imagine really well but i don't think that's any different for any generation you can imagine what world our kids would inhabit and we would have thought the technology was going to be a terrible influence yeah when our kids were little i guess that's true so and i, I guess it's a different threat but it's a yeah. constant. Mm. and yeah well i guess that is the strangest thing about technology is that it is revolutionary it does make our lives so much easier but we couldn't who could have foreseen the way that we would mm. use technology now and that i mean like if you went back like 60 years and told someone living then that everyone would have like a tiny computer in their pocket that does everything mm. for them they would yep. have it would have been yeah, like something out no of all the worlds like yeah. it's yeah it makes no sense yeah anxiety is a much bigger thing about the world today like it seems like it's really risen and become something that yes everyone it wasn't a thing when i was growing up yeah people <laughs> and didn't like, have it. it's so funny because de- people definitely did have it <laughs> they just not in the same way yeah yeah it does seem like quite yeah it's everywhere everyone's got anxiety and like i definitely like i know personally i make a lot of jokes about having anxiety to pretend that i don't have anxiety and it's like all very like cyclical but i think that there is this kind of like low-lying existential crisis that a lot of people have about finding meaning from your life and trying to understand what it is that you're actually doing and what your purpose is and how you fit in and it's about so much more than just having financial security or about having a home or about having a loving family like it's about like you as an individual making meaning mm-hmm. and not everyone's going to make meaning and that's it, interesting yeah. isn't it because i wonder whether that ties into the decline of religion and the fact that people used to get that security from believing in something and attending church of, of yeah. whatever sort um and that has declined such such a lot now that people don't 
go to church so much mm. and don't believe in religion. I'm thinking on the census there's so many, so many more people that now put no religion yeah. than they ever used to. Um, and so whether people are looking for something else because that's how they traditionally found their security. Yeah, well, is that whole kind of like Jesus take the wheel mentality? And like there is, I definitely when I was younger, I had this whole kind of, I don't know, real jealousy of people that were really religious because I had quite a few friends that were like super into religion when we were growing up none now like I don't think I could name one person that is religious now Mm. um but there's that like kind of really comforting idea of blind faith and I think like I've always been like I wish I could have that faith like that just seems like a nice little security blanket for moving through your life and it kind of takes off that whole load of trying to discover like what your point like meaning is yes and I think there is that whole kind of, I mean, that stereotype that we talked about before of millennials being me, 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 but we do have this kind of like, everyone's a special little snowflake and we're all really important and amazing. And it's like, well... And everyone needs an award for everything they yeah, do. Yeah, like we all get participation awards for everything. And it's like, at the end of the day, we're not. Like, we're. it's really like everyone matters and there is a sense that like every life is important and like you are worthwhile, but... Like, we don't, we're not all amazing. We're not all fantastic. Not everyone has the potential to be the best person in the world because by the simple fact that if we're all the best person in the world, no one is. Like, it's, you know. Mm. Yeah, and I think religion hasn't also kept up with the changes in social attitudes. So the same-sex marriage conversation definitely showed that, that people weren't keeping up to date with the general community attitudes. And Yeah, that was a nail in a coffin for a lot of... Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, people have more, with a huge increase in education in your generation, you're questioning a whole lot of those things that religion just took for granted for, that people would never have questioned. Yeah. And now you understand the background of a whole lot of those things and religion was really a moral code and a structure that people needed in their lives and they just don't feel that they do yeah. so much anymore. And I do think that it's interesting because, like, being someone that really I've never really connected with any religion, but I do think that the moral and ethical values that lots of religions spout are, are wonderful mm. and it's like it's really great like you love thy neighbor and like be yeah. nice to people and always treat others as you'd like to be treated that doesn't sound like it's from the bible but i feel like that's the general basis yeah. yeah and like well, that's really great and it's it's lovely for people to learn that on like a community level and i think like the community aspect of religion is also really nice and i do think that that's actually something that we have lost a little. Well, no, we see this is interesting because that that is the other part of religion. I think that community bit, but I think your generation finds that community in other ways. You mm. find it online, or you find it in other in other things that you do. That's so true. Yeah, that's what's what's replaced religion for you in in a lot of senses. Yeah, that's a nice way to think about it. Actually, I haven't ever really yeah considered. It. And I do think that like again, like we were talking about before, one of the benefits of online communities is that you are more able to find people that really yeah. understand your values and like share your interests and that helps open up a whole world of things that might have been undiscovered for you mm. and that's yeah really wonderful but I do think that one of the things that I feel is really important is intergenerational friendships which yeah. like obviously you and I have a lovely <laughs> intergenerational friendship but it is something that like I feel has been lost a little bit and I do yes. think in like recent years in particular there is this like huge divide between generations which like I mean I have not been alive for long enough to be able to speculate on what it was like before but it does seem like there's like almost these walls up between each of the generations and that 
there's no reason why a boomer and a millennial can't be friends and there's no reason why a boomer and an alpha couldn't be friends like like what is it about the generations that mean that we can't all just love each other and do you, like, think, <laughs> do you think that's lost because um organized things like religion are not happening those community-based things are not happening yeah i mean maybe like i would never want to say that people are losing like a sense of intergenerational friendship because they're not, not believing in God but like it does seem uh, but like but even those... family structures are, um, are breaking down more as well yeah so that's I mean traditionally the, the reliance on family to look after old people and things was much stronger than I think it yeah. is now well yeah I mean like possibly it's like an online thing like we are having these community and possibly a lot of people are having intergenerational friendships but because they're not seeing each other in a physical sense you might not even know like who can tell but Ooh. yeah <laughs> you never know who you're talking to online no, Katie. we did true. learn all about catfishing so that's true yeah but yeah i mean that does like i feel like like even from this conversation like we can we have a lot to teach each other about our different perspectives on life and it's really lovely to be able to connect and not have to be like oh i can't be friends with that person because they're you know like in a different well i was gonna say old (laughs) i was gonna say because they're of a different life experience (laughs) if you're a boomer and you want to know more about the millennial world you can find out everything you need to know in katie's book oldie's guide to the millennial world if you need some lessons on how not to be a trash human as i once was you can get wise and get it together by reading my book how to adult i'm anna blackie and thanks for listening